Everybody, this is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today and I'm joined as always by someone who can talk to me about the new 25% tariffs on single malt scotch whiskey into the U.S. <laughs> His name is Jason Johnston Yellen. What do you say, Jason? <laughs> wow. I thought you were about to introduce Mark Gillespie. He has been doing yeoman's work. He really has. He was on, was it CNN? I Over here, he was on the BBC. Oh, that's right. It was the BBC talking about the tariffs. That was, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been interesting. It has. It's been a very interesting, where are we at now? 48 hours over here. Uh, the news broke here on Wednesday evening. Yeah. And... Being in Scotland, and I was I was in the Highlands, I was in Elgin, and with with Scotch people, and we just kind of looked at one another, and started saying, "Did you know about this? Do you know anything about this? Do you know how this will impact?" Yeah, and nobody did. Yeah, and then I had to drive from Elgin to Edinburgh yesterday. And it's about three and a half, four hour drive. Okay. And the number of phone calls that I took from other industry folk reaching out saying, oh, what the hell is happening here? Yeah. And can you tell us why this is happening? And the, the number one question I got is, where will the 25% tariff be applied? So apparently it is applied on the importation of, so in other words, if let's say you and I, pay a hundred pounds for a case of six bottles Mm -hmm. that case of six bottles will now be 125 pounds okay so then every line that gets added on from that point forth Mm -hmm. will be added on to 125 not just added on to that is an, an end point. That's that's my current understanding. Yeah, it's on. Yeah. It's, it's, so you, once it leaves, <laughs> once it leaves the border, so you so you're dealing with twenty five percent extra cost to us, which then on top of that twenty five percent, there's the importer margin that increases that. It actually decreases it a little bit. So you've got the importer margin, the distributor, and the retailer not including the federal taxes and in-state taxes that you have to deal with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in in the end. And this was just, you know, very quick, simple, back-of-a-napkin mathematics. It ended up being, I use the example of 100 pounds per bottle, okay? It ended up being about a 20% increase on the shelf. Okay. So while it's 25% up front, it, it slowly worked its way to around 20% on the shelf. Interesting. Um, that will yeah. be... Well, but, but what, so blah, 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 all the words coming out of my mouth at the same time. <sighs> so many thoughts, Joshua Hatton, so many thoughts. Well, the, the interesting thing is while you're thinking that, let, before I forget this, there are a lot of people online saying... Oh, it shouldn't be too bad. I heard it's only going to it's only going to 
be the equivalent to around an extra dollar on the shelf. Mm. I don't know what sort of new math these people are working with because that, yeah. that just doesn't seem to make sense at all unless, you know, unless it's some sort of, you know, $35 bottle of single malt, you know, that the overall impact is going to seem less, like if you're looking at it from a dollar standpoint, but the impact is 25%. So as, as the number gets higher, the dollar amount, the difference between pre-tariff and post-tariff dollar amount is significant. As the number mm-hmm. goes lower, it's less significant, but it's still that 25% that we will be dealing with. Now, they haven't gone into effect yet. They start October 18. Correct. And, you know, interestingly, I remember hearing about this months and months and months ago, but having nothing to do with Scotch whiskey, the discussion was French wine, Italian cheeses, some like Spanish fruits and things like that. And whiskey was never brought up until until this announcement. Yeah, the general feeling was that single malt might be safe here. And, and I think that's maybe what has also blindsided people is that it feels like at the last moment it was thrown into the ring as well. It's interesting because our last episode was the conversation with Scott and Becky Harris at Catoctin Creek. Yeah. And, and we, I had a conversation with Scott about the tariffs and him saying when he sells into Europe, he absorbs the 25% tax. Uh, the 25% tariff so that his bottle price does not go up. He wants to remain competitive with European rise, uh, you know, <laughs> British rise. And, and now yeah. here we are as a single malt category, you know, where will Scotch sit on a shelf next to our friends at Westland who are producing single malts? Other American producers are you know, producing single malts. Will Scotch now go that much higher than them? How many Scotch producers are going to absorb the 25% so that they can remain on the shelf Mm. at the same point Mm. they've been at previously? And I don't have an answer to that. It's just one of the many thoughts that's running through my brain around all of this. Well, the one thing the Scotch whiskey industry has in its favor is, you know, 90 to 92% of all Scotch whiskey sales is blends. So you may see companies like Diageo, Pernod Ricard, and others lean a bit more heavily on their blends, assuming, mm-hmm. assuming that if people want to stick with Scotch whiskey, that they may buy fewer single malts and maybe buy more blends. I also see American consumers potentially going to drink a bit more bourbon than they had in the past. Absolutely. And maybe rum, you know, or mezcal. And what have we seen recently with the rise of bourbon, the rise of rye? Scotch has has had a little bit of a battle on its hands, right? Don't don't forget about us. We're still Scotch. We're still malted barley. We still have Mm -hmm. a presence. And now here comes a 25% tariff just to make that job a little more difficult. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. The consumer always takes their dollar somewhere else. 
mm-hmm. when things start to get a little too tight in the pricing. That's what Scott Harris has talked about affecting him coming into Europe. It's what we're now looking at affecting us, bringing product into America. And it, it's, it's a frightening proposition as a very small, independently owned company who tries to get the best pricing we can for nation members and for those people who are buying us off of retail shelves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. We've been known for our pricing and our pricing is about to go up through no fault of ours and and through nothing that's going to end up in our pocket. While our situation is similar to what American producers are dealing with sending their whiskeys into Europe, you know, again, we'll go back to the example of Catoctin Creek. They are, they, Catoctin Creek, are in a way a bit luckier because their sales into Europe are just a part and parcel of their overall business. With Single Cast Nation, up until somewhat recently, now that we're expanding into UK and Europe and and uh, Israel and some other countries, you know, all of our business was... Okay, 95% of our business was single malt scotch whiskey coming into the U.S. If, yeah. if we weren't expanding into the U.K., Europe, and other countries, I think we'd feel it a lot more. You know, so we, ha- we have that helping us, which is good. Well, and, and what's the question I'm getting as I go around Scotland this week? Oh, you're expanding into the U.K. and Europe? right around Brexit? Well, there's that, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're so screwed on both sides of the pond. (laughs) Asia, we're coming for you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the, the tough thing is these tariffs were put into place because of issue, like for, for a real issue, you know, having to do with Airbus, um, you know, it's unfortunate that the items selected to be affected in the tariffs affect businesses that are outside of the aircraft industry. But at least there's a reason for these tariffs, where other tariffs that uh, the current administration tried to impose were kind of willy-nilly ones that didn't really make much sense. At least there's some substance here, and I kind of get that. Do I However. like it? However, you know, I, I, I don't I don't like it. And and it would make a bit more sense. And you and I discussed this before we started recording. It would make much more sense if, you know, what if airline parts were affected and fuel yeah. and uh, airline tickets and, you know, things that have to do with the airline industry rather than shit that has nothing to do with the fucking <laughs> airline industry. That's the part that boggles my mind. You know, having said that, I now feel great camaraderie with French wine and Italian cheese, which are things I've always enjoyed. <laughs> but now I feel a real camaraderie with mm, them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how do we all get into bed together and do something that benefits all of us? Well, I think the trick for us, Jason, is to bottle more mezcal, more blended malt whiskey, and more rums. Hey, people keep asking about sherry. Now would absolutely be the time to make that leap and, and start bringing in more sherry. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for us to put impose tariffs on sherry producers because no one's buying sherry, so 
<laughs> may as well lead the pack. <laughs> so, so what I will say to people is can, continue to pay attention to Mark Gillespie, continue to pay attention to Whiskey Cast, and as we tried to, to show in the last episode, keep paying attention to Scott Harris as well because he has been vocal on tariffs as well. So there, there are people giving information, and, and as you and I start to crunch more numbers and see what this looks like, we'll continue to talk about it on the podcast as well. We will do. And it just quickly, for those who may not have listened to the Catoctin, the most recent Catoctin Creek episode with Scott and Becky Harris, it might be good to give that a listen to hear how that 25% tariff is affecting him, which I think is a pretty good extension to how it affects small producers like us. Heck, even large producers are going to be dealing with this. Um, I forget the number of single malts into the U.S., but from a dollar standpoint, it's, it's massive. This is big money for both small brands and big brands. So how's that for a conversational cul-de-sac? I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> Tune in for the dick jokes. Now you get our 25% tariffs. <laughs> and actually speaking of, there will now be tariffs on the dick jokes. So this podcast is about to go up 25% as well. So I thought that my circumcision kind of helped to avoid these tariffs. Do I still, do I have to get recircumcised? Yes. Yes, you do. Yep. Oof, there's not much left, Jason. <laughs> Get in line. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, go ahead. So very very quickly, before we get to Ian Robertson, our European sales manager, who we have mentioned on a previous episode, had a meeting with David Stewart at Balvini Distillery today. Oh, right. And while... She, because we have said she about our European sales manager before, Mm -hmm. while she was at that distillery, she met a man by the name of Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Uh, Yes. Charlie. And we didn't get information on what Charlie does at Balvenie. Did we? Wait, it wasn't the the Charlie the fish from the tuna company? It's not that, Charlie? I have no idea what you're talking about. I have literally, literally no idea. Was she at a chocolate factory? That that would make much more sense to me. How did we get to fish tuna? What's happening? You don't know that Starkist tuna. Their their mascot is a little a little fish named Charlie. Nope, nope, zero, absolute zero. So okay. at the Belvani Chocolate Factory, she met Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie uh, is a big fan of One Nation Under Whiskey. So shout out to Charlie at Belvani. Thanks, man. Appreciate you listening to us up in Dufftown. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I can't believe, you know, somebody actually who works hard in the industry, unlike us, uh, <laughs> is listening to our nonsense. <laughs> Cheers, man. Uh, I'm, I'm finding more and more people on the... Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. You you do you. No, keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, uh, what I was saying is I am on a few different whiskey-related Facebook pages and I'm finding more and more names that, that I don't recognize. <laughs> you know, pe- That's not my mom. <laughs> you know, people, people saying something about the podcast. There was some, someone posted this video of this, this 
this bartender who sat this guy down onto like, it almost looked like a, uh, like a dentist chair. And he, okay. he opens his mouth and she pours some fireball into his mouth and then she slaps him in the stomach. And then she grabs his head and puts it in between her bazooms and just shakes his head in, in her in her cleavage and then pours some more whiskey into his mouth and then slaps him on the face and then grabs his head and puts his head <laughs> into her cleavage what? again. And then and then opens his mouth again and like uh, puts more whiskey, then spins him around, and then slaps him again. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was really um, how should I say this uh, interesting. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting on the One Nation of Whiskey punchline here. <laughs> You know, I'm watching this video that's just insane. And I commented on the post saying, fuck, that looks like a goddamn nightmare. And a gentleman by the name of Justin King said, hey, it would make a really good podcast topic. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's the best job I could do bringing it into the podcast is talk about how freaking ridiculous it is. I mean, I guess there's all sorts of bartender antics going on and things like coyote ugly where the women get up and dance on tables and you know all sorts of stuff but man I'll I'll ta- I'll tag you in this video so that uh, you can see this because it uh, it's pretty terrible. Oh, you're probably not in this group because you're so probably an- not. anti like everything. If it's on Facebook, I'm probably not in it. But what it what it actually did serve in in hearing Charlie, you know, hearing about Charlie as this fan of the of the podcast. When we met, uh, we actually sat down at the Rassi uh, drinks with mm-hmm. at Maltstock, and. And we've known Chris Holbin for a long time, and, oh, and yeah. Chris Holbin is in charge of you know marketing and PR and and you know many other good good jobs mm-hmm. uh, at Rassi, and we've known him from his Edinburgh whiskey blog days, and so we recognised him. Then we realised the man standing next to him, who was being introduced as the the, the master distiller, the, the man in charge of running the stills, um, had just been an hour. 20-minute drinks with session. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we came to find out, yeah, Ian is a fan of the podcast as well and listens to it when he's <laughs> distilling. And yeah. that's mental. That's yeah. completely mental. And so, yeah, we are having more of these moments where folk are just like, yeah, I love the podcast. And it's like, wow. It, we know there are listeners out there. We hear from our listeners to know that that base is growing mm-hmm. with wonderful people in the industry, people interested in the industry, people outside the industry. Just magnificent, absolutely yeah. magnificent. And um, and he was more than happy to sit down with us at Maltstock, have a great great chat over a few drams, because mm-hmm. we had to leave his drinks with to actually go and host our second one. Uh, and we told him ahead of time we would be dashing out. Yeah. But he he very kindly, in the interview that we're about to, to play today, uh, ran us through 
his juice as well, so we could talk about it on the podcast as well. Yeah, it's it's you know listening back to the raw audio and and hearing our excitement as he's explaining some of the casks that he's using. Absolutely, I I had forgotten his dis, his description of the casks that he's using, and they're very unique, very mm-hmm. fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, again, listening back to that raw audio at the beginning, I I was reminded that we had only just met Ian. We had only mm-hmm. known Chris. And mm-hmm. so when we sat down to him, you know, we said, oh, hey, Ian, oh, what's your last name? <laughs> Pro move. Pro move. <laughs> so we, d- we did end up finding out his, his, his full name, and it is the good Ian Robertson of, of Rossane. But we just, you know, we'd talked to him prior to the, to the conversation, but... You know, no one walks up to you and says, hi, my name is Jason Johnston Yellen. You say, no, hey, I'm Jason. And he said, hey, I'm Ian. We had a conversation. And then when it got down to brass tacks, we had to ask him what his, what his last name was. <laughs> uh, that sounds like the, the, the best intro to just handing this over to ourselves being Muppets <laughs> in the Netherlands, but sitting down with the wonderful Ian, whatever his last name is. <laughs> You know how it's well, it's not that easy. I was gonna say, just remember Mrs. Robinson, but his name isn't Robinson. It's Robertson. So there's no there's no easy way, Jason. You just have to use your 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 synapses. Your head brains. Your head brains. All right. There you go. So this is this is what I want to tell our listeners. It's a pretty long conversation and while yes, I'm sort of editing it, uh, there really isn't much to edit. There's almost an hour and a half worth of us learning about Rase, learning about their production from beginning till end. We we get to uh, know a, a bit about Ian too, uh, some of his personal life and his journey into the whiskey business, which is cool. And because it is a longer conversation. We are not going to do the news. Especially not after covering the 25% tariffs at the front of the episode. Yeah, that's as newsy as it gets. Uh, We're not going to do emails. We're just going to let him, we're going to let this conversation just run. And then the podcast will end. And uh, so in case you're you're wondering, hey, where's where's the news? What's, what's, What's going on? I, I don't hear an email. What do I do? You know, and you know, there isn't one, so you don't have to get worried. Very quickly, just oh. speaking of emails, okay. And just before we hand it over to Ian, I know where you're going with this. We covered James Foster in the last episode. Mm-hmm. We talked about using WineSearcher.com. Mm-hmm. He emailed us to say, "Could you could you write that out for me? It maybe just got a little bit lost in translation." And so just to be clear for anybody who had the similar issue as James, the answer to his question about where can I find your bottles online in the United States, we highly recommend using wine. So it's the word wine, W-I-N-E hyphen searcher, S-E-A-R-C-H-E-R dot com. They are not sponsors of the podcast. They do not send us any money. We are two chaps who use wine-searcher.com and we recommended it to James and others 
who were looking for single cast nation online. Yeah, yeah, and and to bolt a further disclaimer on onto your previous disclaimer, we pay a yearly membership to Wine Searcher, so you can go there. It's a free website to use, but we pay for the the pro version of it because you get more results in the pro exactly. version. So. Exactly. Yep. But that's enough of the uh, wine searcher advert for this episode. <laughs> You're welcome, wine searcher. Happy to help you out there. Da, 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 um, da, da. We're wine-searcher.com. Any more words, Joshua, or are we off to Ian now? I think that we're off to Ian. All right. Check, yep. check. Just check, like check, that. Check, Just check, like check. that. Just check, like check, that. Do you check. have a glass? You've got a glass? I've got, got a glass, glass. in here. Glass. We've got a glass. All right. Okay, let's have a conversation, not think about the things that we're holding. <laughs> it's not the first time I've said that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the reason Hoban keeps showing up in the bathroom when I'm in there. <laughs> oh, excuse me while I whip this out. I didn't take it out for there. <laughs> so, so we're very lucky today. Ian, we don't even know your yeah, last what's name. What's your last name, Ian? Robertson. Robertson. Yeah. There you go. And you're a rugby playing man. I was forced into early retirement <laughs> by oh. moving to Rossi. There's no rugby team up there. Oh, so, it, yeah. it wasn't an injury. It was... No, no, just... Uh, it was whiskey. It was, yeah, whiskey, basically. Say, Drinking too much, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this is why the Scottish rugby team's gone to shit, oh, because yeah, we don't yeah. have Islanders <laughs> yeah, That's a problem, that's a problem. Well, what's the Saudi, big fellas? I mean, they're practically English these <laughs> right. days in the borders, aren't they? Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. It's only a fet city dwellers that are playing yeah, Scottish I, rugby I, now. I know, um, but I was. Um, I'm not from Rassi originally. Okay. This uh, is perfect. Yeah, uh, just outside Edinburgh, actually. All right. Um, that young lad that was working behind a bar selling whiskey and drinking it. All right. Literally Googled one day how to get into the whiskey industry. Now, how old are you? Wow. Um, when did I go back to uni? How old am I now? 28? <laughs> yeah, so I must have went. I went to uni when I was 22. Two or three. Okay. okay. Um, so when I left school, tried uni, dropped out, was not for me. Uh, working behind bars, starting drinking whiskey, starting trying more whiskeys. And then it was, yeah, basically getting a bit fed up of working behind a bar, wanted to try and get into sales. Okay. Um, Googled how to get into whiskey, looked at brand ambassador roles, but then I saw like, the Harriet Watt course uh-huh. to, to make it. Uh-huh. And when I was at school, I was I was all physics and chemistry. When I went to uni, when I left school, it was engineering. Uh-huh. So I've always kind of been a bit of a, like, a scientist, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, saw the Harriet Watt course and thought, yeah, fuck it, let's go back. Nice. Um, sorry, can, are you, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Please. Um, and then, yeah. You just can't say Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So that's no, fine. Jason, <laughs> no, you either, no No Right. Just, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, um, studied there for four years and bit of luck, if you will. Um, Rassi was opening the summer of 2017 just as I was graduating. Wow, okay. So, yeah, I managed to get in there with a, a job as their head distiller. So how, how wow. does that work? So so you said before we started recording, said, I'm interested in looking for a whiskey podcast and you went to the Google machine and you found us. 
And then you said, <laughs> I went to the Google machine and I said, how do I get into the whiskey business? You found Harry. Sorry, I found my wife as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's swiping left or right? <laughs> and, but, and I must say, Olga is a lovely woman. <laughs> we have thoroughly enjoyed her this weekend. I, I worry my future wife will be listening to this. So, uh, I can assure you, we did not find her on Google. <laughs> found her on Rossi, believe it or not. So, <laughs> so here you are. You're ready. You're ready to join a distillery. Did you go to Google again and say, "Who's looking for a?" For well, a, no. For I a was um, as a, a student that couldn't afford to live. I had to find a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and that job came through the Scotch Whiskey Experience in Edinburgh. Oh yeah, yeah. We attended uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was a I was a tour guide there and part of their tasting team, um, and I met. Alistair Day, the owner of Razzy Distillery, and Chris Hoban, um, when they were coming to the shop giving out samples of the Razzy Wait, what we're sipping right now, yeah. So, uh, yeah, which is I delicious, tasted by it the way. Yeah. and thought, this is bloody lovely. Yeah. And um, a peated whiskey matured in red wine, my favorite combo. Yeah. Um, chatting to Alistair, and he was like, oh, yeah, we were opening a distillery on Razzy, blah, blah, yeah. blah. A couple of years later, I saw the advert. Or again, just through—I can't even remember. I would say another Yahoo. I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to feel like I'm using Google all the time. Alta Vista, um, Netscape. Yeah, the the advert came up for a distiller. Kind of applied for it, not knowing what to expect. Like, I hear harder stories of graduates that can't get jobs, but yeah. partly distillers are all right. We do. <laughs> like they were just like, "You study that, excellent. Come with us." Uh, that's and remarkable yeah. that you just see it online. You send in an application, and I, I assume you get interviewed. Yeah, Did they yeah. come to you? Did you go to them? Uh, so, is that part of the challenge? Like the main office is in Edinburgh. So, mm-hmm. interview in Edinburgh, and then it was like, come up to Rassi. At the time, when I went up, the stills were just being put in. Oh, there wow. was no washback. It was very early it days. It was very early days. Yeah. Um, it's quite hard to envision what the distillery is like. Well, what's going on? Kind of, there was there was no roof. I don't think. Oh, no, there's a roof. There was no walls. Wow. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, oh, and he, he was like, yeah. Second interview went well. Um, offered me the job, and I was like, let's do it. Wow. Okay. Moved a month up after graduation. Did Did you have the beard at the time? Yeah. Oh, yes. uh, the beard came in about second year of uni. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I used to work for a hotel company that was very much clean shaven. Oh, right. Uh, it was quite strict. Oh, you need to be clean shaven, you need to be clean shaven. And, um, or have a beard. So when you tried to grow a beard, it wasn't a beard, so you had to shave. <laughs> oh, so right. I then... Did you call out sick? Uh, Did you go on holiday beat, just to grow yeah, your beard? I was, I was going <laughs> to beat the system. I <laughs> went part-time and took two Saturdays off, came back with a beard. And <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, be, I feel like the reason I was hired was because I'm a stereotypical Scotsman. <laughs> 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 uh, so, so the Rassi, while we wait, that you tasted before you ever had the job, while they were still building the distillery... Yeah is then source juice to make some money while they were still yeah, building? Yeah, so it was kind of like, well, you come to Mallstock and I've not got any whiskey. Yeah. yeah. What do you give someone? Yeah. Um, so Alistair was like, well, you can talk about your distillery all you want, but no one's going to really believe in you until yeah. you... So, yeah, we worked with a, a Highland distillery to source their liquid um, and then mature it in Tuscan red wine Okay. to then give people an idea of what's yeah. to come because... 
that's a single malt, lightly peated Highland yeah. whiskey. Yeah. We're a single malt, lightly peated Highland whiskey, red wine matured. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's it's it'll be different from what we will have, but yes. it's kind of that idea, what style we're looking for. Yeah. So so with that said, you know, two years ago we we met with Chris at the. Uh, the West, West Coast, Coast. Fields, West Coast uh, uh, Fage, yep. and and we got to taste some of this, and it was with the red wine like you had talked about. Is is that the goal of of Rasse, to have the the red wine as a key signature to your whiskey? Definitely. Um, so we mature in three main types of barrels. Uh, we've got some some interesting stuff laying away as well, but our core range, what we're aiming for, is X rye whiskey, the virgin chinkapin cast, and the red wine casts coming chinkapin together. Chinkapin casts? Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I was very excited when I heard about it. Um, I've had a few virgin cast whiskies that weren't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it might be down to Quercus Alba. This is, yeah. I mean, excuse my Latin maybe, but Quercus Melenbergi, I think it's pronounced. Um, so it's still an American white oak, but yeah. different species. Yeah. Um, and I think it's developing very well. <laughs> yeah. I, I tasted uh, Glenn Morangy had a chickapin oak oh, did they, yeah. that was brilliant. That, that, they had the whole mountain oak series yeah, yeah. of truffle oak and chickapin and, and so on. So hearing that gets me yes. very excited. So for the listeners, talk chickapin for a yeah. for a second. I, I don't think that's going to be a word that's heard a lot in Chicks whiskey circles. Yeah. Well, come on, Jason. We, we had to stop referring to them as virgins. Um, <laughs> as, as we learned when I, I went down to Edinburgh to meet up with the gaffer uh, <laughs> and I was walking down the street after lunch and I said, ah, oh, um, the 72 virgins are delayed. <laughs> they won't be delivered to Rossi till next week. <laughs> so, wow. I always thought it was 77 uh, virgins, yeah. but you're saying it's 72, 72 virgins. On no, it's 72 Rossi, but the amount of just heads, missing that extra five. Yeah, the, the amount of heads that were turned when I referred to that, and I thought, uh, and I mean, we hear all the worker man jokes on Rossi before, so <laughs> if we start importing the virgins for sacrifice or whatever you want, uh, so I was like, Let's, no, we need to we need to change that and we need to start referring to them as new battles. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Yeah. So, so chickapin, uh, a species, a forest, a location, uh, uh, what's um, happening there with that yeah, term? Yeah, so I, I believe it's say Quercus melenbergi is the actual species of white oak, but okay. it is an American white oak and they okay. just have, I mean, maybe if my boss is listening, he'll send me over so I can see the forests. That would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine um, how much you would learn? Yeah, I know, exactly. But yeah, I believe it is just like forest plantations in, a, in America that we are sourcing from. Okay. They're heavily charred. They're heavily toasted. That was going to be my next uh, question. Yeah, yeah, the sample we have, I couldn't be bothered filtering them, so there might be a bit of charcoal in it. I apologize. Oh, no. We just got <laughs> yeah, our teeth. Uh, it was that kind of alligator Do you mind inside. if I take a picture of this? Yeah, go ahead, man, yeah. So, so what made you, right, so, so we, we started the, the question off with, with Rasse, you're looking to use red wine as a sort of a key signature cask, but also now the chickapin. Why did you land on these? Because these are, right, so you have rye cask, you've got the virgin chickapin cask, red wine. These are very unusual casks. Yeah. Um, let and me it, put a pin in this. Oh, okay. We're right. going to put a pin in this oh. because 
I want to do the new make. Oh, yeah, of course. New make. And yeah. then okay. talk okay. about okay. the influence yeah. of the cast. We got a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> thank you, thank like you, thank you. Like your grandmother would say. Thank you. You're smart like two books. Thank you. Yep. She was Cheers. a wise woman. She was a wise woman. She sounds smart like two books herself. Yeah, she's smart like three books. Great smelling <laughs> kitchen as well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> so now, given what we said about the Rassi while we wait being the, the Highland juice from somebody else, have you been privileged enough to be the only man in charge of the new make spirit? Obviously, it'll be a, a group conversation, yeah, yeah. but there's no other distiller has produced Rassi before you. No, as uh, we like to, to say, I'm the first legal distillery on Rassi. That's a tremendous <laughs> um, boast to be able to make. Yeah, and I mean, it really yes. is. Um, Wait, first legal ever? Yeah, or the first so, legal since? No. Ever. First, first legal distillery on Rassi. So okay, it's yeah, we won't talk about the, the old days when they had some sort of open <laughs> fire uh, going on there. But yeah, I'm the, the first legal distiller on Rassi. Um, and yeah, with um, Alistair, our owner, obviously he's he's very much involved in the process. And we work closely with some uh, consultants and what we want to develop. Yeah. Um, we were working with uh, Alan Associates, who are uh, chemical engineers who design distilleries. And we basically said, this is what we want. Okay. Yeah build it yep. um, yeah and from that it's been me and well I now have five operators uh, working oh, with me to really? create the whiskey yeah. oh. uh, so we have expanded a wee bit since it was literally just me uh, nice. back in the day <laughs> oh, back in the day two years ago <laughs> <laughs> I remember when all this yeah. was mountains yeah. I remember <laughs> when it was mountains yeah. so, um, so tell us what, what was Rassi looking for with the new make spirit so we wanted to to create a lot of flavour um, with the raw ingredients. Okay. Yeah. Um, new make drinkers, I'm sure you tried a lot. Yeah. I've tasted bad new makes that are lovely whiskies. I've tasted mm. good new makes that are not great whiskies. Yeah. Exactly. That kinda, yeah. But we wanted to be able to. Our goal. We're we're looking. We're a new distillery. We're we're going to be selling young whiskey. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to create a lot of flavour quickly. Um, and we've done it with a few different methods um, and a wee few experiments. One, our fermentation times are 118 hours long. Amazing. Which, yeah. Long um, time. Very long time. Um, our washbacks are fitted with cooling jackets, so I can actually control the temperature of our fermentations as well. So is it is the inner part of it stainless? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so stainless steel. And um, yeah, so we can... The two easiest way to change your spirit is temperature and yeast strain. Yeah. So we play around with yeast strains and we play around with temperatures, basically. So, yeah. Interesting. I've never heard the part about temperature. Obviously, yeast strain, yeah. Yeah, we talk about a lot in the podcast. And we'd love, I, however much you're able to tell us about yeast, we'd love to get into it. But talk to us about temperature. What's that yeah. doing within fermentation? Yeah, I've, I've, so, I've heard about it in, in hot, hot weather countries, but not in cool weather well, yeah, countries. So yeah. If you're drinking beer, yeah. your lager's been fermented at a really low temperature compared to your ale. So it's it's, it's almost like trying to bring in some brewing techniques to, because ah, we are brewing, so yeah, we're essentially making beer yeah. to distill it, um, minus a few steps there. So I always think the way I was kind of 
first was introduced to yeast was think of him as a, a wee living man that uh-huh. eats up the sugar and farts out carbon dioxide and pisses out alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but it's important. To, it's doing a whole lot of other things, and that's that 118-hour fermentation. Alcohol is okay. created in the first 48 hours. Okay. Those other three days are to create all these different flavor compounds that we're then going to increase concentration for distillation. Ah. So temperature... If you bring it so naturally, our wort, we pump it in and it's at 18 and a half, 19 degrees. You add mm-hmm. the yeast, it will naturally go up to about 33, 34 sure. degrees. And then obviously once it's reached its peak, start to go down. If you set that at 28, the yeast is going to do different things than it would at 34. Because it's huh. it's just how, like if it's really hot, yeah. you don't do much of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Does the yeast stay alive longer at the lower temperature as well? Yeah, uh, like it, it starts to die off when it reaches that higher peak. So yeah, I think yeah. the temperature control will will keep it going a wee bit longer. All right. Um, right. Obviously, you reach a stage when the yeast is no longer um, budding along and developing. But yeah, with that lower temperature, well, I don't think it lives the whole five days that we do it at natural. So okay. it's not the dying's not the issue, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's just what it's going to produce. What pathways are these? Yeah. Uh, molecules going through the yeast and what are they getting spat out at? Yeah. Okay. So. Was that your idea or is that something that you inherited coming onto Rasse? Yeah. No, that was something Alistair thought of. All um, right. Okay. He was he was basically like I want our our goal is a fruity new make. Yeah. Um, and after his research, so when I came on board, he was like, we will do 118 hours. Yeah. And I thought, fantastic, because I can get weekends off then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was all for it. Whatever it <laughs> takes to get yeah. time off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was, I was all for it from that point of view, but no, it was it was his idea, it was his okay. research that thought, no, this, this is how we, this is how we should produce our new make. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so as you're we're tasting the new make right now it's what yeah. we've got in our glasses so as you're tasting it what are you getting from that new make that you're then thinking about putting into casks so what the main thing I'm looking for is those fruity notes mm. but the issue I find with new makes when I taste them is I always find they're quite sour uh-huh. um, so you need to yeah it's new make you need to look at it, what it can be um, yeah What's gonna what is gonna do when it developed? So underneath that kind of sourness and that new makey kind of cheek pinching, yes. almost tight. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That Good I'm word. getting. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for those lovely fruity notes, um, yeah. which you can get. A wee it, bit of water helps as well. Obviously, it, it's sitting at sixty three and, and a half. But. And it's more than just pear drops, right? Yeah. Qu- quite a lot of new makes you find are just pear drops, pear drops, pear drops. A little bit of sour going on. But there, we, we've talked about Numic quite a lot, and we, ha- we have some favorites. And what we like about certain distilleries' Numics is you can clearly see what that will be. Just like you had said, like, I taste Springbank Numic, I know exactly what's going to happen. Mm. I can tell that that's Springbank, just like Kilhoman and a few others. So you found what you're looking for in here, so you're very happy with that and how it's going to go with the casks. Yeah. Well, he put it in there. Yeah. yeah. He didn't just find it. Well, he didn't just find he, it. He literally made it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. This guy's this guy's good. Yeah. Oh, wait till you finish the final product. Before. So, so, so let me ask you this. We've talked about flavor. 
What we didn't talk about is the texture, and that was one yeah. of the things that struck me the most when we tasted this earlier, is that it had a creamy yeah. texture to yeah. it. Yeah. And so is, is, that a, is that a product of the distillation? Is that a product of the fermentation? Is it water? Where, where is this coming from? Combination of all, I think. Um, yeah. We actually, if you want to start getting into water, um, we actually have quite a hard water. Um, oh, right. We have a, a borehole on site that is, we have to filter it to get rid of some of the magnesium and iron because it's so oh, high. Right. But that benefits us because long fermentations, those minerals are really good for the yeast nutrition. Interesting. Um, yeah. So that's actually, whereas when you talk to, to distilleries about water and scotch whiskey everyone's always going about soft water uh-huh. soft 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 um ours is actually hard yeah um which is some of the best beers come from hard yeah, water yeah that's what, English which, beers. and, and that's all to do with yeah. yeast nutrition yeah, yeah. yeah i'm told however if you if you experience that hardness for more than four hours you should Consult your physician. <laughs> I knew the joke was coming. When as soon as yeah. I heard I'd been told, I knew the joke was coming. <laughs> I could tell. Sorry, sorry. Simple you're drinking a good whiskey, that's why you're hard. <laughs> you're looking for dick jokes, so here they are. Never one to disappoint. Yeah. Uh, so continue, sorry. I'm lost now, I'm too busy looking. <laughs> I can't not look. <laughs> So let's so let, yeah. yeah. So water, we think um, we're using the water every stage. We'll we'll use the same water to dilute it down as well. Oh, okay. Because a big part of Rasi is the provenance of it. Like we're made, on, we want our whiskey to leave the island in a bottle. Um, so you're bottling on site. Yeah, we're going to bottle oh, okay. on site. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're currently building in three new warehouses, so we oh, can wow. make sure that we're everything's being matured on Rasi. That's so, yeah, that's a, wow. it's a big part of. Our business structure is like yeah. we want to make sure it's it is rassy, yeah. Like. Okay. So, so talking about maturation, let's transition. Oh, yeah. So, so the you poured the red wine cask for us in the in the master class. Given yes, that we so just had the rassy while we wait in red wine, do you want to again? Yeah, let's revisit the red wine. Honestly, when a knowledgeable distiller sits in front of us for an interview and we have the chance to I revisit. <laughs> They are spirit. Yeah. I'm, I'm always up so, for that. Oh, hold on. Oh. Oh. That's okay. No, I just mixed in with a little new make. That's new make. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So. You got the roots in there. This is. This is the most. The one I'm most excited about. Okay. Um, right. I'm glad we revisited it on the podcast. When, I, yeah, when I tried Rasiwawi and my favorite whiskeys out there are some sort like. Maybe fortified like port, uh-huh. um, yeah, okay, or just like the the Longmore and Red series. Um, the Longmore and Red yep. series is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, like I absolutely love that smoke yeah. and red wine combo. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's why I love Rasiwawi. I, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, I accepted the job from them because like, <laughs> I was I was like, holy shit, they've offered me the job. Take it, take it. <laughs> but one of the appealing things, obviously, when you're looking for your I spent a lot of time studying. I wanted to make sure that I was I had the job I wanted. Yeah, sure. So when someone said smoky whiskey and red wine, I was like, that's what I want to. I don't want to make a whiskey I don't like. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, ticking boxes. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is this is what I'm for. And so yeah, the. We source uh, Bordeaux red wine casks, uh, and this is going to be full maturation. Oh. And these ones, 
Um, the spirit right here is 20 months old. Mm. Um, it so doesn't taste 20 months old. No, mm. it, it, for, for a Scottish single malt, I think we've fallen into the habit of all of these kind of tropical malts. And mm. obviously we talk about it with, with American bourbon, where... You know, bourbon, yeah. Uh -huh. We're in the Netherlands. I feel very comfortable saying American bourbon. Okay. We are. I love this. Oh wait, I can't even say I love this Scottish whiskey because it's Scotch whiskey. Anyway, continue. Where this maturation is so accelerated. Spit it, to be fair, right? right. Wow. All, right. All right. To come back into twenty months old from Scotland, from the northwest, from an island of the northwest of Scotland, I would have imagined maturation to be much, much slower than this. Mm. So, do you find? Is it the red wine component? Yeah. Is it the new make going in? Is it sheer happenstance? I feel it's a bit of a combination of everything. Yeah. We've um, we made sure we source good casks. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of money and time went mm -hmm. into trying to find what we wanted. Um, and then yeah, again, a maturation something. I don't know. Maybe you speak to other distillers and they'll mm -hmm. tell you they can control it, but. I always think it's a wee bit of potluck sometimes <laughs> yeah, as well. Um, you're putting in the barrel, the barrel's taken over. Yeah, we buy good barrels, we look for them, mm. but what's going to happen? Do you ever know? Like, yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. it's science we know. Shoot. I yeah. can, I can, well, I go on my, my laptop and find a, a report I wrote on maturation and we talked about all these things coming into the whiskey and what we're losing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But now that I'm practically doing, that's theory. That's uh -huh. now that you're practically doing. Yeah. Like someone asked me earlier, they said, how often do you check your casks? And I was like, well, not that often right now because if it tastes great, I still have to wait until it's at least three years. And if it tastes shite, I still have to wait until it's <laughs> three years. So it is, it's kind of one of those ones that we're, we're maturing. If the cask isn't great right now, yeah. Again, we'll approach it again when it's three years. If it's not great in three years, we'll think about maybe transferring over because mm -hmm. um, you're always going to get some funky casts in there. Um, yeah. But right now, we're at that stage when it's just like, there's not much I can do. I'm I'm filling them. Yeah. What I'm tasting, I'm happy with. It's, it's, yeah, it's developing is, well. Um, but yeah, it's like, yeah. what do you do if it's bad? Like, do you transfer it one and a half? But it might just be going through that awkward... <laughs> Teenage phase, <laughs> like you never know, like it's all uh, lanky, yeah, arms yeah, and elbows. Yeah. And, and to clarify, it is not bad. No, it is, no, 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 no. This is not. It is so delicious. This is the one I'm, I'm happy with. I love it. And, and, um, and so, so what I want to say here, be, being the very direct American that I can be, ninety-five percent of the time, I don't enjoy whiskeys and red wine. Longro Red Series is an yeah. exception because. Yeah. Like, I, th I think Springbank just shits greatness. And they just make spirit that goes in into cask and it comes out beautifully. This is beautiful whiskey. And I, and I thought the Rasse While We Wait was beautiful whiskey too. And I was, I was intrigued by it those two years ago when, when Chris had poured it for us. And he said, oh, it's matured in red wine casks. And as soon as he said that, I said, oh, I don't yeah, know if I'm exactly. gonna like this. Yep. And then he poured it and I said, oh, I do like this. Yeah. And then you pour this 20 month old spirit and I like this quite a lot. Yeah, I think it it's delicious. Absolutely, oh, it's interesting because I've, I don't think I've had a bad red wine cast whisk. Maybe I don't drink enough. But Maybe it, you guys I are more experienced than me. Yeah, terrible red, 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 red wine cast. Let's 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 be kind. 
Oh, well, you could talk about terribleness, but... I suppose you guys will taste more cast. I, I taste the final product. Yeah. So uh, then, uh, you don't get bad final products, yeah. do you? Like, I but don't you know. know. But, but, you know, there's something to be said for whiskeys that are beautifully balanced, but just not to your, not to oh, your yeah. profile, right? And I find that port cask maturation, Madeira cask, Bordeaux, etc., tend not to be to my palate. Yeah. You're but describing is, my favorite whiskey. <laughs> we're going to fucking fight later. <laughs> I'm glad we can meet over red wine. All the chances. But this is, this is delicious. Uh, oh, yes. Always. Oh. Uh, so, so cheers. This is, this yeah, is lunch, developing guys, yeah. quite nicely. I'm glad you're Thank you for it. sharing. I really yeah, appreciate well, 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 it. My pleasure. I, it's really funny because on the nose I get this both ground roasted coffee beans. Yeah. But then the brightness of a freshly brewed cup of coffee. Like these are exceptional. Okay, this is an exceptional red wine cask. Yeah. And, and you were talking about, uh, is it Alistair Day? Sourcing fresh red wine. And I think you can taste the freshness in there. Yeah. There, there's a, I, I want to use the term firmness, but it's actually connected to what I was thinking earlier, which was in tasting a lot of new make spirit. I really like new make spirit, and you were you were joking in your masterclass. Who revisits a new make spirit? I, I do. I'll, I'll drink full bottles of this stuff. Oh, really? But <laughs> but one of the things is when you taste new make Same. next to mature whiskey. The new make be can become flabby. It can mm. become unstructured. And so when I taste this red wine cask at 20 months, next year new make spirit, when I say firmness, I can feel the new make starting to take form mm. within the cask. And, and I really love that it's almost like calling it to attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. start to taste that structure coming about. You speak so beautifully, man. I'm getting excited about my own whiskey when you talk about it. Remember, that yeah, excitement no, no, lasts for like, longer than four hours. <laughs> See a healthcare professional. <laughs> if you can break toffee with your excitement, please see a healthcare professional. It's the only way Jason breaks toffee. Uh, no, this, this so, really is delicious. Absolutely so, delicious. Now this red wine cask, this is, you said this was peated. Yeah. And we talked about this before, it's, di and, and maybe it's my palate, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm not detecting that massive peat. And so before we started recording, we didn't mention this while we were recording, but can you talk about about the peat and why it's different from what yeah. folks might be used to from say so, Lafroig and so yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna, hit you in the face with yeah. something hard. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, you uh, can help yourself. Yeah, we understand some what you're these, saying. Some of these smokier whiskeys. Oh, like, whiskeys, and, uh, I think yes. we, were, we were discussing it earlier. Um, our barley sourced from the mainland, so yeah. it's, we're using East Coast peat. Mm. Um, but also, we, we take quite a, a short cut point. Um, ah. So, you're actually... Well... You're drinking the, the peated whiskey that was before I changed it, because we were taking the cut point quite high. Ah. So the phenols are heavy molecules that take a while to get yeah, over. You want to bring it sure. down right down. 
we were taking it quite high, so they hadn't had the chance to. So there's that. Ah. Aye, if you if you want to sound like a professional, say a wisp, a suggestion. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. Very nice. Like that. Um, <laughs> that that wee bit of smoke, as yeah. opposed to that fucking hit in the face yeah. with a log. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, so have you? So you, you said before in your class that your peating level on the barley is somewhere between 40 and 50 yeah. ppm. Have you rated the ppm after distillation, after a bit of maturation, to see where it, where it lies? No. Nah, yeah. fuck it. You need a lab for that, man. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just a guy with yeah. a glass bottle. <laughs> and uh, You don't have a, a pedometer? No, nah, yeah, can... a pedometer. <laughs> I've not seen one of those before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and maybe maybe when we have final product, we might okay. then we might then taste the PPM to see how it's oh. how it's developing. I don't know. Like, um, that may be a conversation we want to have when yeah. we have our finished product. We, I hate PPM specs yeah, because yeah. no one's covering it. Correct. It's just Correct. you can say it malt, you can say it ball. Like, I loved. Um, the Anox series when they were saying what it was in the bottle and yeah. um, I don't love how they say what it was at its highest because yeah it's, it's just a, but yeah, it's I so mean, misleading like yeah. um, it's yeah. misleading and in the end do you like the whiskey do you not like the whiskey the main thing yeah right? that's what that's <laughs> all I care about like Oh, I don't like this. This is what? This is 20 ppm? Not, not 25? Oh, like, oh. Yeah. I only yeah. drink 25 or more. And also, like, I generally believe there's a point when, like, I don't know, 60 ppm and 120 ppm. Yeah. They're the same thing. I yeah. don't know. Can you taste anymore? Well, that, that's and how the you thing, perceive the, it? The human palate yeah, like, can yeah. only perceive, I forget the number, but there's a specific number, somewhere a bit over 100. And once you oh, hit they that, actually done yeah, re-alkate. yeah. And once you hit that, it's like fuck it. Like it is. It's a bit, and it's also like if we were drinking unpeated whiskey, and I I tasted, I don't know, I tasted black currants, but you tasted raspberries. Yes. Yeah. Would you argue with me? Yeah, I would. Right. No, I mean, well, I yeah. Would. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's kind of so like how you perceive it. But like yeah. again, do, how do we perceive smoke? Like yeah. Yeah, maybe exactly. maybe my granny's kitchen was full of smoke. And I remember then, your granny's kitchen. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like it's your yeah. granny's kitchen brought all the boys to the yard. Is yeah, what I heard. and I'm <laughs> I like smoky whiskeys. Yeah. So subtly smoky whiskeys to me aren't incredibly smoky, but for someone that drinks unpeated whiskey who tries a wee bit of a smoke, they're like, "Fucking hell, that's all smoky." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah You're yeah. like, no, it's. To, yeah, I'm like, no, exactly, it's not. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah so it's exactly. yeah. <laughs> no future customer you're wrong you are wrong <laughs> i will tell you <laughs> so joshua you're gonna be happy i i i'm i am i've been happy for the past four hours I'm, but continue i'm going to <laughs> i'm going to unstick our pin all right and, and we're going into our chicka peak chicka pin i didn't hear the versions i couldn't repeat <laughs> the word pin twice so 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 you delve into this Chickapin oak is not some, it's something that few, if any, people are very familiar with. Yeah. Um, again, we, it's an oak, we're not the first, no. as you said, like mm -hmm. you've tried a few already. Um, but we are trying to, 
again, pioneer, I don't know. Like, we're, yeah. we're bringing it in. This is going to be our standard. Yeah, what makes you stand yeah, out. Like we're, yeah, like, we're trying to bring it in. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, again, not great for a podcast, but the color alone, like, <laughs> fucking hell. Like, 19 months old. No, like, I know. I know. Um, for, uh, for, for our listeners, it, it looks like... A, an 18-year-old something from a from a second fill sherry cask, right? There's good color, good deep color to it. It's dark. Heavily charred, heavily toasted. It's... Again, I was a bit skeptical, and then I tasted an example yeah. from a Swedish distillery. I thought, yes. All right. Um, is that McMira? Did, did the chicken? No. no. Uh, well, is it, it's a Swedish distillery. Isle of Ven. I, I, can't, I can toil around. Isle of Ven. It's oh, okay. uh, in between Copenhagen and Sweden. Oh, okay. Great weed distillery okay. on an island. Yeah. Um, they make beautiful stuff. And they use... Uh, and that's how we actually managed to get some of our own. Because yeah. we bought off them. Ah. And then we managed to find a supplier to them. Exactly. Yeah, so. so, I mean, I we, we never... We have never, ever talked cost. And I, and I, and I don't want to talk about that. However... People understand. People the who t- word for but. Huh. People who are whiskey geeks understand that um, Scotch whiskey producers pay X amount for bourbon and pay X amount or pay Y amount for sherry, and Y is a much bigger number than X. So, is Chickabin being a more unusual oak? Is is it one of those cases where you're paying a bit more, but you're it's the quality you're looking for? Oh, I mean, if we were talking algebra, I'd maybe say six, <laughs> six X. <laughs> um, Whereas Y is ten yes, X. Um, All right, they they're a wee bit more expensive, but <laughs> what we're getting from it, worth it. So, in my opinion. So talk to us about the the char and talk to us about the toast. Obviously, you have different charring levels, different toasting levels. What are we looking at with this particular soon-to-be whiskey? So we basically said, how high can you go? All right. And they were like, this high. We're like, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, that's what we call alligator, right? Yeah, I think we're at the alligator stage here. Um, Again, it's... Normally, when we talk to folk, it's low, medium, high. We were just like, go, go high, go high on it all, wow. um, go high or go home. I love. Oh. I had, again, maybe you guys are, you're more experienced to be a few like. 2011, you've been going whatever, but uh, 2011 means something. We talk, we talk about toast and we talk about yeah. char, but yeah. we don't talk about toast and char. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we went high toast and then high char. Interesting. As opposed to like, well, American is charred and European is toasted, but it's, it's it's something that I've kind of it's new to me when we were talking about them both combined. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So you toast it and then char. It was like, oh, that's, is that normal? Like, I don't know. Like, well, well, think you about, tell me. <laughs> think about traditional Scottish producers who are simply bringing in bourbon barrels. Yeah. And it doesn't matter yeah. if they came from Tennessee or Kentucky or Indiana. It's just bourbon. I've even seen Scottish producers with Jack Daniels casks, which is... Glenn Morangy uses Jack Daniels. Right? Yeah. Which on, it's really a Tennessee whiskey, but it was bourbon. And so there's really, if it's an American cask that came to Scotland, it's bourbon. And yeah. it really didn't matter what was in it before. 
to have you work on virgin, charred, toasted yeah. oak yeah. is for you to be able to blaze your own trail in Scotland and be able to say, no, there's a char level yeah. and a toast level yeah. that nobody's talking about because yeah. they're only talking about yeah. ex-bourbon. Yeah. And it's a tidy shorthand. But as you're coming into this with Rassi in 2017, there's a new consumer who wants you to educate the shit out of them. And there's a consumer mm. who wants to just drink good whiskey. Yeah. And you'll have the opportunity to pitch to both of those. And so being equipped to talk about both toast and char can make a huge difference. Yeah. Especially if you're going to champion the virgin oak. Yeah, definitely. And, well, you didn't try the tasting because you left. I but did, so I tasted it. It's... I don't know if magnificent is the word, but fuck is this good. <laughs> It's so expressive. I hear... My biggest fear, though, is I hear horror stories of virgin casts. No. And you were saying you're tasting last night. How do you know when a cast has reached its peak? Right. It's when it's deteriorating. Yeah. Right. So we're sitting there at 19 months, uh, and I'm fucking happy. Yeah. yeah. How's but, it going to taste yeah. in 36 months? Yeah. And, and, so um, the, yeah, right. and I'm hoping we're still going up. But yeah. this is not a whiskey that I want to mature for longer than three, four years. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. the color, well, we're, the color is amazing. Yeah. But we don't care about color. We yeah. don't. Because, yeah. well, the next one you'll see, yeah. it's yeah. The, the flavor development. If I was to mature that for 10 years, I might as well be chewing on this bench. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, exactly. It's one of those ones, like, and I, I think there is a peak. I've tasted some older whiskeys. I thought, what was the point? Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. And it's, yeah. it's one of those ones that's like a... <laughs> it's, um, I'm all for a nice balance of spirit and maturation. Yeah. yeah. And we all... Maturation does wonderful things. Like, yeah. we know that. There's a, but I reckon this, after four or five years... Is just going to be too much, and my again, in my opinion, chewing a toothpick. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I was thinking. At at some point, given how much this cask is offering to the spirit, you're going to get to a point where it is you're you're just drinking oak. You're drinking astringency. Yeah. And so, a question that I had was, and maybe you don't know the answer to this. Starting to drizzle. It it is, but there's no rain cloud above. Single fucking cloud ahead. Just a mist. You know, I. I wonder if you find yourself, whether it's you or uh, do you do any of the blending, or just are you in charge of the distilling? We'll find out and for your yeah, time if you, I'm doing you the blending. Find a new hat. <laughs> yeah. So Sounds like you will be. You know, I, I wonder if you're going to find yourself using some of this as a blending component, just to bring out different flavors. Yeah. Rather and, than. Well, that's what it is. It's not. We tried the red wine. We've tried the virgin. We're moving on to the rye after. These are. Three components are going to come together to play their part. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Maybe we will release a single cask yeah. virgin, or just just that. And it, at four years old, it will be like, oh, that's lovely. But yeah. the main reason we're maturing for it is mm. that it brings that lovely 
woodiness, the yeah. dry. It's it's also got that sweet, it. it's real yeah, nice, it's, yeah. it's chewy. Yeah. So the chewy with the fruitiness of the red wine, and then we move on to the rye. I hope oh. you're with me. It's got that lovely spice, yeah. Yeah. pepperiness. These three components together, yeah, will create rassy whiskey. Beautiful. Which also then I can then say this is a special release. That's a special release. Yes. That's a special release. Yes. Because we just wanna. I just want to play around. I just want to throw stuff out there and see but, what's going on. But I right think, here. again, we're back to those, and, and I might be a little simplistic in making this binary, where there are those, and this is how Joshua and I operate, who I only think in terms of single casks. So when you pour a single cask red wine, single cask virgin oak, and single cask rye, I'm only thinking about how those sell, how those taste, how, how I would pitch those to people. And then there's the consumer who walks yeah. in and says, where's my Rassi? Non-age exactly. statement, mm. you know, for well, me, I mean, the Cohoman Macker Bay. Yeah. Right? Cohoman yeah. Macker Bay is a drop-dead, drop yeah. gorgeous whiskey. Lovely. They just taste fantastic. You don't need the details around it. You, on the Rassi side of the business, you just want to put something tasty into a bottle. Exactly. And I, I'm all for single casks, because I absolutely love them. And I, as you were saying last night, when someone said, like, why what do you do i think was i think that was a simplistic question wasn't it what do you do? what do you actually do but yeah, yeah. we just buy a cast put a to label me, like, on it and one, of, one of my favorite single casks is a uh, it's a gordon mcphail buna haven eight-year-old oh. heavily peated all right and i love buna haven 12 the 18 the, oh, the 25 uh, 25 oh. is Perfection. Um, don't yeah. drink it that often, obviously. You don't make that much on Rassi. Yeah, that's yeah. going uh, to be your fifth hour of excitement. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. like, but when I tried that eight-year-old peated very, I was like, this is amazing. I love single casks. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you were to try a single cask red wine, it's like, whoa, that's... Never, but it's not It's not what Bunahaben's known for. Yes. Bunahaben is a brand. Yes. Um, Klein Leash 23 and Klein Leash 9 we tried from you guys earlier. Mm-hmm. It's... They're they're completely different whiskies, but Klein Leash is known for their fourteen year old, and yes. that's yeah, why right. people keep buying. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're the niche market, and we're trying to we're keeping up with the whole consumers. Like, yeah, yeah we yeah. want to. And that's why we I've, want consistency. And that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, why if, if I could give you one piece of business advice, is I would say, establish Rassi as your brand. And sell your single casks to very good friends <laughs> yes. who will yes. market them seriously in America and the United Kingdom yes. and Europe and really do well by you. Yeah. <laughs> and that, well, that's the beauty of it. Like, um, maybe not selling to you guys, or maybe. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ouch, burn. Yeah. Oh, I liked um, him up until that moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I wish, like, please buy a cask. <laughs> then people will believe it's good. <laughs> it's a podcast. They're not tasting. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's the beauty of it. We have so much. And, like, yeah, creating creating our core range is going to be the challenge. Yes. It's interesting. But yeah. if we can play around with yeah. the. Cause that's free samples we've got in front of us. But then we've got the peated and unpeated versions. Mm. I've also got a few other casts sitting in there in the warehouse. We never know what's going to happen with them. Um, I don't know if I can tell people, <laughs> Alistair. <laughs> um, let, let me know if you need to edit yeah, it. Um, <laughs> but no, no we like, we're going to buy some bio, 
we're, we're wanting, I'm trying to get a trip to Jerez, basically. I want to buy some Sherry cars. Oh, nice. Yep. So we won't buy them until I'm. they've sent me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Basically, I keep hinting. But yeah, and Portwood, I want Port. I want all these Sherrys. I want interesting casks. Like, yeah. I just want to fill them all. <laughs> like <Yeah. it's laughs> but, but let me say this, and, and this isn't meant to sound derivative. When, you, when, when I listen to you talk about Rassi, you sound like Anthony Wills talking about Cohoman. Because the things that Anthony loved about the wine industry, he brought to Cohoman and put port and Madeira and, and Sautern, rum yeah. and Bordeaux and maybe Grand Cru. And Sautern. Right? Yeah. And I was Sautern. just drinking the Madeira earlier. It's right. bloody lovely. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's to the negative for Rassi to have a mindset that echoes Cohoman. I, I think Cohoman has done amazing work, absolutely amazing. And, and, and I really mean it to you as if a great... If someone wants to compare our distillery to Cocoman, I will take that nothing but a compliment. Right, because right. Uh, I right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's exactly uh, how it's intended. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I also think the strengths of what they have done with playing around with wine, playing around with Pete, yeah. and we just interviewed Anthony, was on an episode a few episodes ago, where they're now playing around with yeast as well mm. and exploring yeah. what flavors bring to the distillery. Exactly. So, like, one, one, our first yeast experiment was some champagne yeast. Wow. Oh, nice. Um, now, that has been developed to to ferment grape sugars, uh, fructose, sucrose, not maltose. Yeah. Uh, I'll just tell you right now, guys, I'm fine with it. I've had a few drams. Fermentation was shite. Oh, interesting. <laughs> was it yield? Yield. Enough sugar yeah, in it? Yield was, it was awful. It's, um, okay. it's, 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 um, it's fermented the maltos, but like, I don't even know what the final gravity was. It was too high. Wow. I've not wow. got instruments to measure it. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't, yeah, we made a, like a viewer to then sell that and you were looking at your yield. It was fucking yeah. awful. Yes, yeah. yes. But it was, the change in flavor that we wanted. We're willing to take that cut. If you want to talk to other distillers, like, I think the main difference between brewing malt and distilling malt is distillers want yield. Yeah, Brewers yeah. want flavor, yeah, because that's where the flavor is. So like, and no one's, like, I mean, if you were to distill 100% chocolate, no one does 100% chocolate malt mash. <laughs> you'd be a bit of a fool. You'd get one liter of a ton, maybe. <laughs> maybe three at a push, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I love the kind of experimenting, kind of Eden Mill um, done like the chocolate oh, malt. Yeah, they have. Yeah. And uh, San Francisco, oh, Seven Stills, they done like a, they made up, they brewed a porter, then distilled it. Wow. Um, Interesting. And I, I remember trying that. And I was like, that's really interesting. Because you do get the chocolatey flavors still yeah. coming through yeah, in the yeah, spirit. Yeah. yeah. But from a, from a dessert point of view, you know, fine, well, that was a f- terrible yield. Um, and yeah. that's what we measure. Kind of, we measure. So we take that cut so we can experiment, basically, because that's the great thing about our distillery. We've set it up so we can we can play around with stuff. Good. Yeah, we're creating. We create the same stuff every day for our normal range. Yes. But then we want to be able to then look at this, look at this, look at this. Yeah. What's your annual production? You mentioned liters earlier on the masterclass. Yeah, so we we have a we have a one ton mash ton, 
uh, which produces, on average, 410 litres of alcohol per batch. Okay. So we're on we're on about 180,000 litres of pure alcohol a okay. year. Okay. You then obviously water that down to your... Okay. Cash strength or bottling strength, whatever, yeah. So, okay. But in terms of pure alcohol, 180,000 litres okay. a year, yeah. Okay, so, so not minuscule. Not but, tiny, but, but not we're massive. Still yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're still so. We're so in, the, the beautiful thing about a one ton mash ton is you can experiment. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's free casks at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> so if it's shite, yeah. I don't know, I call it experiment. Like, yeah. uh, you buy it, you, yeah. you geeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Champagne fermentation, Rassi, coming to single cast nation soon. <laughs> Never. Three so, years time, yeah. So, so for our listeners, um, we've, we've tasted the unpeated new make, and then we went to peated uh, Bordeaux cask. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you do you. And then we went to Virgin Chickapin. Yep. And we're about to talk with Ian on a on a rye cask mature. So before we pivot back to Ian, I've got a question for you. All right. You and I know the thirty-five thirty-five. It's the SMWS 3535 Moroccan yeah. Spice Market. Yes. That was Virgin New Charred Oak Glen Murray. 13 years old. That's what yes. I was going to ask yes. you. It was 13 years yeah. old. And that carried so much spice. Yeah. But it wasn't overwhelmingly woody. No. And there's a reason for that. Go on. So the reason for that, when. So this that whiskey was produced back in a time when Glen Morangy owned Glen Murray. And they were playing with toasting levels and char levels as well. And a lot of, and they were basically using Glen Murray as a testing ground of what it could potentially do to Glen Morangy. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And with that particular one, and with, say, the Glen Murray Mountain Oak series, it it was more a focus on toast than it was on char. And in this case, by, by contrast, in this case with the Virgin Chickapin cask, where it's high toast, high char, yes. you're dealing with something very different. Like okay. their Virgin Chickapin cask at 13 years, I think will, and, and Ian even said it, I think it's going to be way too much. Um, but with Glenn Murray just focusing on toast, yeah. it worked. Yeah. Right? Corn can hold up. To the charring, yes. Barley cannot. It's the a bit more delicate. The, the weightiness, the oiliness, the heaviness, heft. the heft. The, the word of the day. Oh, the word of the day. Malt stock. Yeah. And, and so, so turning back to you, Ian, you're talking about the rye cask here, and so this is again unpeated rassy and rye. No, it's peated. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, this is crazy. So, so pause for a second. So the red wine was peated, the rye cask is peated. Was the virgin chickapin peated? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. That is. I say we're subtle. Yeah. So you you keep on saying, "Ooh, you guys, 2011, you're so experienced. We can't discern peat." <laughs> so you so you were saying I feel like I need to speak to my bolster and uh, <laughs> make our barley peat. <laughs> um, so this is so all three of these. Also cast remember, samples. you're drinking young. Cash strength. That's stuff. a very good. So alcohol, cut. yeah. The higher alcohol, yeah. And the disparityness is this. Yes. 
this peatiness will come out when it's diluted, when it's mature enough. It yeah. presents itself yeah. later on. Yeah. yeah. So then, no, that, that that makes a good. But then good you sense. were also saying you've started to see the cut yeah. at a lower point as well. So the lighter yeah, yeah, yeah. molecules. So this is this is this is the kind of the, the first running of the peaty yeah. stuff. So okay. it, is, it is a bit more subtle. Yeah. There you go. Okay, that's perfect. That's good to establish. Yeah. So uh, I, again, being the honest American that I am. The rye cask is my favorite out of the three. Oh, is it? I loved the red wine cask because it ticked the box. The tiny boxes that I have for a red wine, it ticked them. The virgin I'm glad we're in that 5% for you. Yeah, you are, you are. <laughs> and the virgin chickapen, I think, would be something that any bourbon lover would like because bourbon lovers tend to like that heavy oak going on. Yeah, we're, we're good. But this rye cask... For me, I think framed the beauty of your new make spirit. It's not getting in the way of the new make spirit. It's just saying, in a way, it's putting it on a pedestal and just framing it with that subtle oak going on. There's light, spicy flavors, a little bit of vanilla, subtle coconut. It's just, I like that it's not getting in the way of the new make. Yeah, and I think with the, the samples you tried today, this one is the one you notice is young. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's the oldest by a few months, but like, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking two months old. <laughs> but I mean, uh, it is the, the oldest, but yeah. it's the one that I notice is still needing a wee bit of time. It's Without nice. I love the, yeah, you can still taste the new make and the spice that comes along with it is great, but the other two, oh, you had someone earlier say, I would not have guessed 20 months for yes. the red wine. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yes. It is, it's quite developed. This one, I would guess young. Yeah. Um, and I love it. It's great. Yeah. Funnily enough, when we when I've given folk samples of Cass, the rye is normally the least favorite. Interesting. Mm. Uh, our marketing uh, social media guy, yeah. He loves the rye stuff the most, but it's the one that's not talked about the most because yeah. everyone's like, oh, the red wine, the, yeah. oh, the, uh. the virgin, it's amazing. I love the rye. Yeah. I like rye whiskey. Right? <laughs> so, exactly. I mean, but I know rye whiskey is a, a hit or a miss. Like some people yeah. hate it, some people love it. Uh, but, but for me, I, I'm very much a spirit guy. I like, I like it when, when casks don't get too much in the way of the distillery's DNA. 100%. I like to understand what the distillery is doing. This is yeah. why I love tasting different new makes is you're tasting DNA. And I think that's a very special thing. Obviously, it's lovely to see how that spirit works in, in, in a plethora of casks. But what this rye is doing, obviously, yes, yes, it's my favorite of the three. Obviously, I know it needs time. But I think that it's so beautifully balanced, and and I can see the potential of it. And now uh, this is completely—I don't want to sound professional because <laughs> I can see. But can I blend you? Yes. Mm, to yes. show what? Oh my goodness! Fuck this and has yes. never so happened on the podcast. This has never happened. On. Cheers! Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is very exciting. This is very cool. Before we taste the blend, 
So one of the interesting things that I found about your tasting earlier that unfortunately we had to leave is you came, because you don't have whiskey yet, you came with samples. And I think that's the thing that excited me the most. And I'm wondering if you're thinking to Ian Robertson 10 years from now, do you think you'll look back fondly on the times when you just said, it's not whiskey yet, all we have are samples. Uh, like, really, what do you th- how do you think you'll look back on your time? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. I always, I have a lot of, a lot of friends in the, the whiskey industry through my course alone that um, our course was a lot of brewers. Yeah. Uh, so like one of my best mates in Norway, um, he's brewing beer. So he, he's like drinking it straight away. And I, I was uh-huh. down, I was down in Edinburgh in August um, and his beer was in a bar I was in. I was like, mm. holy shit, man, like your beer's here. And he was like, oh yeah, what's the big deal? Like that's, and I was just like, dude, for me, it's, yeah, it is, it's like, oh. And that was the beauty of the gin, I suppose, because like I'm a whiskey distiller, but we made a gin um, okay. and I'm proud of the gin. It tastes nice. I'm a, a whiskey drinker over a gin and tonic, but yeah, like, I like a gin and tonic every now again. But having a product that I can be like, this is mine, that was like, that's cool. So, and I know fine well because I was interested enough in the gin, but I know fine well that feeling that I had when our gin was released is going to be like a hundred times bigger when the whiskey's released. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. We keep yeah. talking about hardwood. Like, it's. Uh, <laughs> it's Oh, that fucking day. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I, I can't even describe how I feel thinking about that day. It's just going to be... A, are you going to do a three-year-old? Are, are you yeah, going? Yeah, so, you are. Um, okay. So, I don't know. Three's a long wait when, when you're... Uh, no, no, you're a patient man when you're... It's like watching water boil. So, our, yeah. we're going to do our inaugural release. Lovely. Which is uh, going to be two years in first fill bourbon. Mm. We said bourbon, but it's Jack Daniels, I suppose. I so, yeah. was say, <laughs> yeah. There's no first fill bourbon yeah. sample no, on the I table. Didn't, I didn't bring it with me. Bourbon. So uh, we, we filled 140 Jack Daniels bourbons, 70 of them with unpeated, 70 of them with heavily peated. Oh. All right. Um, we sold some of them. Oh. We kept some of them back. We had a membership uh, when we first opened. Ah, we have 200 okay. members. So yeah. they, they've wow. got, they've got, Ten of those casts kind of yeah. set aside, oh, okay. yeah. so they're they're gonna get the three, the four, the five, the six, the seven. Uh, yeah. So like, all filled within the same two days, kind of thing. That's wow. so um, But yeah, our first inaugural release is gonna be two year uh, bourbon matured and one year Bordeaux red wine finish. Aha. All right. Do you call it a finish when it's a third of its life? I don't right. know. Like. <laughs> we have had this conversation on the podcast. Yeah. We have looked at the SWA rules. And there's nothing to distinguish between finish, double maturation. Obviously, full maturation you talked about earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is governed by a, a particular term. But finish and double maturation are really kind of open to interpretation. So, yeah. So, two years bourbon, mm. one year red wine, yeah. Bordeaux. Yeah. That will be our inaugural release. It's 40 casts that we've selected for, the, for that. And then it will be until we've got 
all of the, the, the rye, the virgin, the red wine, the peated and the unpeated all laid down until the core range can be reached. Right. Until we say this is yeah. what Rossi will be. Ah. So I have to say that the blend that you laid down for us. Yeah. Even yeah, just eyeballing it. And so this makes or breaks my master blender career. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the, the very scientific way in which you blended this. A little bit well, of this. Well, the trick is closed your left eye. Well, I'm right eye, so I closed my left eye. <laughs> <laughs> One second, two second, three second. <laughs> so I, so when you, you added some water to this. So was your, your goal... Oh, no, I didn't, mate. You, were, uh, you didn't add water to this. No, I was... I drunk some water, but <laughs> oh wow! Because this this to me doesn't come in at the sixty-two something that we were drinking each cast sample at. Oh, so you've tasted it? I, I didn't. I even watched I, what you put I in your mouth. I surreptitiously put it in my mouth, Joshua. I love how I blend you so much that I've ended up with the fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to take a little bit from you. Yeah. So this is my. So yeah, what's what's the ratio? Here? Unprofessional looking at the glass. Is this working what they out. teach at Harriet? Uh, uh, no, what? they don't yeah, at all. Harriet, what? What? So I, as my bartender days coming in here, when wow. I can pretend oh, yeah. why I know what twenty five mil is. I was is. wondering why you brought the vermouth out, but now <laughs> it makes sense. Now <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> it shook Shaking and not stirred. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, the idea behind it is um, the rye will make up the majority. Mm, yeah, that'll probably be about half of our our. Okay. Um, I, I, I hate saying blend because then folk are like yeah, yeah, blended yeah, yeah. with yeah, marriage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so you want your spirit to shine yeah. through a little bit. Okay, yeah. good. So the rye is going to be half of it. Yeah, all right. And then the red wine will be. I'm trying to work out my algebra here, like um, 25% of 100. More than 25%, maybe 35. 30%, so 50% rye, 35% virgin. Okay. And then is that 15? Yeah, that's 85. Oh, yeah. At least yeah, 15. Yeah. You already oh, yeah, did. I know, I know. I know. It's um, 15 maths. virgin. So the red, the red wine is the, the lesser. <laughs> and that's what we wrote on paper. Okay. okay. But obviously, you when it comes it. to yeah. it, put it together. Yeah. If the virgin. Is very overpowering. Yeah. Right now, yeah. we might cut that back mm-hmm. and throw more of the rye because we we want the spicy notes. Yeah. You know, like the red wine might not come through enough. So this is a very very rough yeah, idea yeah, yeah. No, no. of what Rassi might be. But then you're, I imagine the Rassi brand vatting the single malt. It's a single malt through and through. Will it be? I don't imagine a natural cast strength. Would you be? No, no. We'll bring it. We'll be bringing it down to forty-six. Natural color, non-chill forward. Yeah. yeah. So this, in is, that sense, we'll bring it down forty-six. So that's that's why I, as much as it only made it to your mouth, I thought the water had made it into the glass to take it from the sixty-two down, down to the forty-six. <laughs> um, that's a very good point because yeah, I, I just sipped this. This is not drinking like 62-something. It's not in the slightest. No, not at not all. Not in the slightest. Could you add a wee splash of water, of just a, a dropper and, or so? And I think, yeah, I've got some water here. <laughs> I think part of that is that texture that we get back to with the new mic. Can you pour? Because yeah. I'm talking. Sir? 
Um, Do you hear the way he talks to me, Ian? I know. That's how he talks to me. <laughs> You're a foreigner in my yeah, country. Fuck this guy. <laughs> I'm looking for a new business partner. We know why you were brought along just to like do as he says. Just the fucking work monkey. Do as I say, not as I do. But the interesting thing would that that be forty (laughs) six? Is that forty six? You're the professional bartender. Well, it's it's sixty two, so I feel like you want to. I feel like you want to add that whole cap. Yeah. Nah, don't do the whole cap. Stop. There you go. Stop. There you go. Stop. There you go. Perfect. So you were. Nothing has been measured. I think everything is rough. One of the one of the things about alcohol, especially high alcohol products, is that oil usually follows. And and just as I said before, I, I found the most striking one of the most striking things about your new make was that texture. Mm. And I found it through these various cast samples and without diluting it. I was just listening. I just assumed Jason was right when he said you added water to this because it's drinking yeah, less also, than 62, but it's because there's, it's got wonderful texture yeah, to it. Yeah. I also assumed I was right. <laughs> and, oh, it's the first time for me trying it, obviously, because right. we've just oh. done it right now. I've, Thank you. I Thank blended, you. I blended it down. Oh, is this your first time ever just No, we, we, yeah, we okay. blended it down at a distillery. Okay. And we watered it down to 46. That's what we want to bottle it. But that was six months ago uh-huh. when it was uh, okay. younger. So uh-huh. Okay. And? Adding water is doing well. For, oh. Yeah, it takes the water nicely, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's taking the water nicely. I think it brings um, out some of the spice yeah, yeah. from the rye cask, which it's, is really nice. I, th- I think if I talk about the firmness that I got on the, on the red wine cask, single cask, mm. I get a roundness on the blend nice. with a little bit of the yeah, water yeah, added nice. to it. And I get a lot of spice on yeah. the yeah. as it starts, yeah. Yeah. and then it finishes, and it just yeah, it, it kind of it's hits you, and then yeah. just disappears. And yes, and then and then uh, just in the finish. Yeah. That fruitiness kicks in for me, which I really Can't wait like. Wait till this is old enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's so fucking exciting. This has been brilliant. This, this is a brilliant. podcast exclusive. Yeah, I, am, I am, I'm showing yeah. four-hour wood right Ooh, now. So, so I, I, I've got a question that just popped into my mind. Let me make sure I word this. So you know the question, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's still thinking of it. So, yeah. You know. Years ago, talking with the folks from Aaron, right? Right. They, they, they built in 95. And when they looked to build their stills, the, the distillery manager at the time, who was no longer the distillery manager, had a, an affection for older Macallans. And they said, you know what? We would really like to incorporate a Macallan-ness to our whiskeys. And I wonder, as when you're working with your wash, when you're working with your distillate, when you're working with your spirit, are there any distilleries that inspire you to help design your whis- your soon-to-be whiskeys? Well, again, it's a bit funny that you mentioned Aaron because I fucking love right they're fucking great <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and rightly so sir and rightly so yeah and their sherry 
port I know. finishy. Oh, I know, gorgeous, fucking Absolutely. gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it? Is, I've, I'm sh- yeah. I've got a fourteen. A f- I'm sure it's fourteen year old port cast finish added. Mm. Standard kind of release, like uh-huh. you yeah. can find it for. F- I think it's 40, 50 quid a bottle. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And because um, I've always been a, a bit of a fanboy towards Aaron. I always yeah. Yeah. And then I met um, Andy, um, their brand ambassador, Andy, Andy Bell. Bell. Yeah, Andy yeah. Bell. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was thinking Hogan. back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, we were, so we, were just, we were just at like whiskey, the whis- Edinburgh Whiskey Fringe right, uh, yeah. that Roy Mao would do. Um, Hoban, Chris Hoban is great for trying to get me down for festivals. Because <laughs> I'm just sitting there making the whiskey. Yeah. But he's always like, get Ian, get Ian down. Because like, oh. he knows I love it. Like, uh-huh. I love chatting shite. <laughs> I'm just sitting at whiskey festivals, pouring whiskey, just chatting shite. You know? He knows I enjoy it. So he's always yeah, like, that's yeah. the reason I'm at Maltstock. Oh, <laughs> was, Chris was like, Ian should come to Maltstock. Yeah, you're in the right place. So and they were like, yeah. Yeah, Ian, Ian should go to Maltstock. I'm like, yes. And then my fiance's like, we're getting married in a month. You need to do this, 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 this. Right. And I'm just like, uh, I'll be in the Netherlands, baby. And I'm like, sorry. And uh, I can't plan the wedding. <laughs> That's when you say to your fiance, you do you. Yeah. No, you don't. You never say that to your fiance. <laughs> no, you never, <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever. So when's the wedding date in October? Yeah, when's the wedding date? Uh, 4th of October. Fourth? Okay, oh I, I'm October yeah. 22, by the way. Okay, oh, uh, and we're actually getting married at the distillery. That's <laughs> brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So um, the beautiful, the beautiful thing. She is. She's a local. Gosh. Right. Um, she's one of the 161 people. I mean, the I, don't, is. I don't want to know how. how <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to get too soppy. Uh, I don't want her to have Come too on. much how, how she has so much power over me. <laughs> but by God, moving up to a small island and meeting her. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> landed on my feet, I think. Oh, yeah, Cheers to that. Cheers to you. What's her to name? Fiona. Fiona. Cheers, cheers to Fiona. Fiona and Fiona. Yeah. Mm. Uh, cheers. Happy marriage on October 4th. And I was say, well, we get. Well, the dinner and all that, the dance will be served at the community hall. Yep. But the ceremony is going to be at the distillery. Oh, and I was like, yeah. fuck off, that's my work. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, of all God, the places to work. You need to come up and visit. It is beautiful. It is, yeah. and I'll always say, the best view of any <laughs> distillery in Scotland. Yeah. It is an amazing location. And I was like, well, I'm not getting married next to the still, yeah. so it's fine. I'll, um, I'll get married there. And, uh, yeah. That's, uh, I can't believe it's a fucking month away. I'm getting, I'm getting nervous talking about it. And so for our listeners, Ian just ran. Yeah. For the fastest, All faster right. than you say, Um So... How does one get to Rasse? How do you get to the island, the Isle of Rasse? Yeah, so, I mean, 75,000 of you have been to Talisker, so you know where, where Sky is. <laughs> um, we're, we're just a 25-minute ferry ride off of Sky. Um, and then if anyone's been to oh, Isla or Orkney, yep, you know the yeah. horrors of ferry travel. Yep. Rasse ferry leaves every hour. Just rock up oh, and nice. walk on. Right. Oh, nice. Drive so from on. Sky. It has yeah. to go from Sky? Yeah, yeah oh, but okay. Sky's the mainland. There's a bridge yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's we don't talk yeah. about the bridge. Yeah. That's yeah. controversial. Easy, um, easy. <laughs> but yeah, like when I went to Isla, 
show up an hour and a half in advance and book six months in uh-huh. advance. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, you want it? Yeah. Uh, Orkney as well. Like, you know, no, we literally, like, the ferry leaves at one. Yeah. You show up at two minutes to one. <laughs> okay. I've, um, because I know the boys who work on the ferry. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> I've texted them, it's like, I'm running five minutes late, just hold the <laughs> <laughs> uh, They look after the locals. If you want to share that number, Ian. Yeah. So, so, so the biggest question is, I mean, here you are, you're on, maybe it's not the biggest question, but here you are, you're on the, the, the Isle of Rasse. A year and nine months from now, there's a little wee Robert, Robertson oh, coming. Oh, oh. Do you have to hop the ferry and go to... Go to Isle of Sky. I mean, or Inverness. I would imagine. How do you sort that? Your well, poor wife, future wife Fiona. How does well, she I'm, sort this? I'm going to assume because Fiona was born in Inverness. There you go. So uh, I'm assuming. Right. I'm assuming. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, across that bridge when it comes, yeah. or, or not the bridge, yeah. the ferry, I suppose. <laughs> but He's yeah, like 45 yeah. year old Joshua with two children who are 13 and 10. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm not there, there yet. There. You're 20. Yeah. 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 He says, Joshua, I know I don't look it. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason doesn't look 44. I don't, I don't look 60. That's what I could keep in my favor. So I'm only 45. So oh. it's been terrific. Hold on. The food has been served. Calm down. Hold on. Because Ian, needs, Ian needs food. He, he, no, because I think I'm going to get moaned at if I do not give you our peated green whiskey. Oh, oh that, right. It's not a sample, but I need to go okay. grab it. Please do. Yeah, please, please do. hold the podcast okay. for a second. Yeah, hold it down. We're pausing. is your own grain whiskey that you're pouring right now? Oh, no, no, no. Um, so, I feel I, I need to talk about our though, other yeah. company, other side of our company. Oh, shit. That's, I forgot that you're connected to Tweeddale. Yeah. So, the Rassi distillery is one half of the, the company. The other half is the Tweeddale, and this is where Alistair Day, our owner, comes in. Yeah. His great grandfather was a whiskey blender. Yeah. Uh, so back in the day, a grocer shop blending yeah. away, what have you. So that's how Alistair kind of started the Tweed Day, was blending his great grandfather's recipes. Ah, uh, okay. But this, what Alistair done was, I mean, I think, unless one, someone wants to argue with us, I want to say Scotland's first peated grain whiskey. So this is peated, this is green, peated, green peated, whiskey. peated malted barley. So grain? fifty percent wheat. Okay. Um. So fifty percent wheat green whiskey and fifty percent malted barley, but it's peated malted barley, ah. and it's through the column still. So that means it's it's green whiskey. So yeah, 50% wheat, 50% heavily peated malted barley, yeah. column distilled, yeah. and matured in bourbon for about five, six years, I think it is. I feel like I have to bring in the other side of our our business. Ah, Alistair Day is the Tweeddale blend. The Tweeddale. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so right. before... Oh, okay. The puzzle pieces... So we're talking about Rossi, we're trying our samples, but oh. we also have... Oh. The blending company. Power behind. to him. Absolute yeah. power and to him. We, well, we think... 
screen. No oh. one's no one's marketed Petey Green before. No, Gosh. no not at all. Um, oh. And I feel like I need to give it to you before on you. we finish because, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Maybe you should give me your expression before I tell you what I think. I don't know. Like. I'm a huge fan of grain. I've never in my life, I don't think, had Peter. It's glorious. We cannot find. Absolutely first in Scotland. We think so. We cannot find anyone else that's done it. Maybe back in the day. Have you got one? Yeah, how many, yeah. How many peated grains have you seen? I haven't yeah. had a single fucking We wanted to grain. kind of upset it and be like, what yeah. the fuck's going on? I don't know. You want to be the first. Yeah, we, we, were, we think we are the first. And I'm going to keep saying we're the first until yeah. someone tells us otherwise. <laughs> um, huh. so, so, yeah, 50% so. wheat, 50% heavily peated barley, okay. grain whiskey. There you go. So All bourbon. Uh, there you go. This is this is five six years old. Yeah. If there's someone else outside there who wants to tell you otherwise, yes. tell me let, otherwise. Let them exactly. Yeah. Let Put it into us. their court. Yeah. And let them come back. Until to it. then. And we also then need to question their marketing department because they weren't there when I googled it <laughs> or <laughs> Yahoo'd or <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, not all Google. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Uh, this yeah, man lives Jeeves. on Google. Back to you. All right. Do you so, just, uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to. I'd Don't like to, tell me that you never just Googled cask for sale and that's how you started Single Cask Nation. Cask broker. Cask yeah, broker. <laughs> so we, we, always, we always end the podcast asking our guests about what we like to call misconceptions, potentially preconceptions. And, and the idea is there are a lot of preconceptions or misconceptions about whiskey, one of which, and we get this quite a lot, age equals quality. Color equals total bullshit. We got uh, Ian, Ian Allen from Glen Murray said he, he had someone who had never been to a distillery before ask, the, ask him where, where they stored their malt syrup. Right? So it's... It, you, you hear these people asking questions that working in the, in the industry you say, okay, that doesn't make sense. This is a teachable moment. How can I educate these people? And I wonder people coming to Rasse or, or in your previous life when you were with the Scotch whiskey experience or wherever, did you have a misconception where people said something to you and you said, all right, that's it's interesting, perhaps a bit daft, but I want I want to educate them. All the time. <laughs> um, Do you have another few hours? Yeah, yeah uh, new new podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the challenge that we always have is the the old age battle. Mm-hmm. Older's better, of course. Which and is we we tri- have to yeah. we have to prove it's wrong. And yeah, yeah until. And again, if you've tried some old whiskeys, they are lovely. I'm not saying they're, they're shy, mm-hmm. but... Some no. of them are past their due date yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's... it's there are a lot of it. And, um, yeah, a lot of people... They have this romantic vision mm. of whiskey making that... Yeah, we do on Rossi. Like we we mature on Rossi. We we're gonna bottle on Rossi. Like we're doing all this stuff. But yes, yeah, oh, it's a difficult question. I, I I've worked with tourists too much. <laughs> too difficult a question, man. 
It's one of these ones. It's like I've had so oh, many people say, you know what? Perhaps it could have been your own misconception before you went to Harry Wah. I mean, is is there something that that you perhaps had a, pre, a preconception of and you said, oh, you know what? I've learned different. Mm. Oh, I think the thing with me is I've always been as long as I like it. That's the main thing for me. If mm. it tastes good, what's the issue? So I have a lot of people sitting next to me saying like, oh, it's not old enough. Oh, mm-hmm. what is that? Mm. And I, I get fed up with that shit because as long as I like it, who cares? Who cares? Um, yeah, and you see folk, they turn their nose up at a 12-year-old green whiskey because it's not 20 years plus. Is it good? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, well, well, but green whiskey's for blends. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. no, but like green whiskey can be good. Yeah. Yeah, we make, they make it because fur blends, like, it's got a reason in its industry. Yeah. But when they, they bottle it, like, it is good. Uh, it's just, uh, I'm, it's, oh, it's such an annoying question because I could literally talk about it for two hours and I'm going to get wound up about it. I'm going to keep doing it. But it's, it's like, at the end of the day, if you like it, hmm. who fucking cares what country it's come from? Like, where it's, yeah, what it's matured in. Mm-hmm. How, like, yeah. oh, the fermentation was only 14 hours. Oh, I prefer a 56 hour <laughs> fermentation. I don't know. Was I it prefer t- 118. Yeah. But that's just oh, me. That's just me. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, 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 sir. Do you like it? Yes. Do you like yeah. it? Yeah. Yes or yeah. no. And that, like, like, I've it? tried yeah. bad whiskey from a distillery yeah. that's also produced good whiskey. Yeah. And mm. that's when you look at the maturation mm. process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, and it's funny, we we're, were, were laughing the other day because Aberlour Distillery, mm-hmm. I love, the Yabuna is oh my a fantastic yeah. whiskey. Aberlour, mm. known for their sherry cast maturation. Yes. Have you How ever... Yeah, if you ever get a chance to try Aberlour bourbon matured whiskey, right. fucking right. lovely. Yeah. It's right. fucking gorgeous. It's, it's, yeah, and it's one of those ones. It's each to our own. It's each to our own. Like, um, so I'm going to ask an, a, another question that we've never asked any of our guests, and, and I'm thinking that this may be a new... A new yeah. Will you swing with us? Is that a new segment? Will do, you swing do you with have us? A red umbra- Apparently, I left my have, keys. The, <laughs> nether, yeah, the <laughs> Netherlands has really affected so, you. So we had found. So we had found from local people that we live in that there's something about a red umbrella. If you have a red, like a big red umbrella, that you could be swingers. Okay. I'm not asking if you're a swinger. This is what I'm asking. You. Oh, I. I mean, you're a he's swinger. not even married don't have yet. An umbrella. He's not even married yet. <laughs> Does Fiona know how much of a swinger you are? No. That's not making the final. That's who we met. <laughs> She's like, I don't like this partner. Ian, I like your beard. It's majestic. No. So my question to you is, what's your favorite joke? Tell my me your favorite, favorite joke. joke. Yes. I don't want to ruin my own wedding speech. But I've started working on it. Obviously, it's next. It's next month, um, and I I stand up and I say it's obviously a very emotional day. Even the cakes and tears. <laughs> Even the cakes and tears. He's not married. He's not yet had children. 
and he's telling dad jokes uh, in his wedding speech. <laughs> this is magnificent. Oh. Cheers. Yes. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> cheers, Ian. Cheers. cheers. Uh, I mean, uh, cheers. I'm, I'm going to marry her for other reasons, but the main reason I'm getting married is to tell that joke. <laughs> Other other reasons, but uh, yeah, I just want to tell that joke, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, the Desperate cake well. is in tears. Thank you so much oh, for sitting down. Thank you. Really yeah, that has it. been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad you enjoyed our drums. Uh, oh, uh, very much so. Yeah. Cheers, Ian. Thanks a million for your time. There goes the bottle. <laughs> my pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. I think there's good ramen in Glasgow. Is Wakamama ramen any good? Never had it. Should give it a go. I had ramen yesterday that was terrible. Where did it scale on the Jersey City? So it was better than the Jersey feet. City one. But the the tofu in it tasted weird, like burnt plasticky. Oh no. And they put like kale in it, like fresh baby kale leaves, which just didn't work. That's tough. I could have seen that working. I could have yeah. seen that working as a concept. In cold tomato, like cold grape tomatoes in there. Where the fuck were you? I was in... Whole Foods? No, I was in uh, Brookline, uh, Massachusetts. Good God. Yeah. What a fucking abortion. It was, it was an abortion. Okay. Okay, go for it. Okay.